Welcome to the Smart Industry Podcast, Remaking Industry, where we dive deep into the tools, techniques, and technologies that are accelerating digital transformation. Okay, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. My name is Chris McNamara, Editor-in-Chief with Smart Industry. We're excited to have you join us here today. We're looking at making sense of your investments in a smart factory. Some common sense advice from reps with Deloitte and ServiceNow to enable success. Um, today we have Jason Bergstrom. Jason uh, is a principal with Deloitte Consulting, uh, particularly the smart factory go-to-market leader. And we have Tom Davisia, uh, who's director uh, with Partner Solutions and Strategy, focusing on the manufacturing industry with ServiceNow. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us here today. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, you know, let's, uh, let's get to know you a little bit. Um, we'll let Jason go first and we'll ask Tom. Jason, uh, tell me a hobby. What do you do in your free time? What do you, uh, what do you, what is a passion of yours? Yeah, Chris, thanks for having us. Uh, Jason Bergstrom here. I'm, I'm a big skier. I, uh, I love to get out and uh, take the family out skiing. Unfortunately, I, I've moved the family to Atlanta, so it's not in our backyard anymore, but do like to get uh, out to Colorado and Utah when I get a chance. Beautiful. Tom, how about you? Yeah, Chris, uh, you know, it's interesting. So I used to love Lego as a kid and building and making stuff, right? That maker mindset. And uh, recently got back into it with Lego Robotics with the kids, right? So it's a nice family um, activity as well. So it's a lot of fun. Very cool. Yeah, there's not, the Legos are great. I, I enjoy uh, jumping in with my kids as well. Um, let's jump right into um, talking about investments here. Um, gentlemen, how does uh, investing in smart manufacturing initiatives differ from traditional manufacturing investing? All these new approaches with digital transformation and IoT and, and all these smart approaches, uh, how does that affect the investing in campaigns? Yeah, Chris, Jason here, maybe I'll start and uh, Tom, you can add on. So I think there's a couple things that come to mind. Uh, first and foremost, just, just the scale of the investment. I mean, typically when you think of manufacturing operations investment. It's an annual investment. Um, it's typically smaller in scale. Whereas when you think of smart factory, it's really much more transformational. And so just the general scale of the investment is typically larger. So that's something to consider. The other bit that I think is very unique is unlike traditional investments, which really are typically owned by the manufacturing part of the organization, smart factory is much broader. It really requires input, support, and investment from the IT side, the manufacturing side, if you encompass that with OT. You're also going to have all kinds of changes in process and ways of working. And in doing so, you're going to have to tap into the much broader organization from a funding perspective. So just a couple thoughts uh, there that make it a little bit different. Interesting. Um, you know, we, we always talk um, about how you know, successful digital transformations embody the entire enterprise. You know, it takes everybody from the C-suite to the people on the plant floor to from finance to HR to marketing to, you know, every component there. Um, and that kind of echoes what you were just talking about there, uh, Jason. Tom, any thoughts there on um, how investing in a smart approach differs from traditional manufacturing investing? Yeah, I think uh, Jason outlined it really well. I would add, you know, I think... Uh, especially given the trends that we are seeing, right? The speed of innovation is so aggressive or it's accelerating nowadays, right? So I think the ability, when you think about fact, 
factory today or manufacturing processes, the ability to be responsive to their customers within their companies, right? So the NPI teams, the product development teams, being able to be flexible about your manufacturing cells, your work processes, the employee training, it's just a new, and of course, further upstream to your suppliers, it's just a new lens of how we enable um, you know, success for our, the manufacturers. So it's just, as Jason said, a little broader uh, and also more in line with how the innovators at those manufacturing companies are thinking about products and services for their customers. Right. And what, what areas are we talking about for investment here? Yeah, Jason, I think you were going to start. Or? Yeah, sure, Tom. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'll hit on that in a moment. I Maybe just to start with, make the comment, Chris, that yeah, I think folks get enamored with the technology, and I'm not trying to minimize the tech. It's obviously been an important step change that enables a lot of our smart factory solutions. But right. we, we typically still think of smart factory uh, transformation as, as encompassing the three building blocks that from a services perspective we've talked about for years, which is people process and technology. And the tech being obviously, as, as Tom pointed out, with the acceleration in capabilities on the technical side, enabling so many things that we couldn't do in the past, but not losing sight of the fact that if you don't change the process and you don't change the way people work and the intersection between humans and machines, if you don't impact those those components, you really don't unlock the value that you'd like to unlock with these transformations. So keeping in mind that really all three dimensions are mission critical to, to really change the business, fundamentally change the business um, to the good. And, and all three of those components uh, demand various levels of investment, I assume, right? That's exactly right. You know, so again, you, you think of it as hardware and software and middleware and um, those components are sort of the hard cost, but then in order to enable the change, you mentioned it at the beginning, you've got to you got to change the way people work, right? And as I mentioned a moment ago, that that connection point between human and machine. And if you're not changing how folks do their work and training them differently and arming them with uh, more decision rights and the ability to fundamentally change what's happening within the manufacturing environment, you're not going to hit that utopia, right? You're not going to get that value out of the transformation. And that piece is just really, really important. Yeah. Yeah, Chris and Tom here, I would add, um, so spot on with Jason's, the framing of it, right? Which is it's always people process and technology enables those best practices. Uh, I would say two domains. And I think the first one you've written about quite a bit, uh, which is this intersection of IT and OT technology, right? Uh, with factories and production areas no longer being air-gapped, you know, the ability of for manufacturers to be able to manage and secure these most critical assets, now both across the IT lens as well as the operational technology lens, I think that's critical. And for us at ServiceNow, when we uh, determine where to prioritize our investments, uh, that, that, you know, came to the top as a very critical area. Yeah. And yeah. And then the other area I would add is, you know, people process technology. Let's focus on the people a little bit more because, you know, there is a lot of, um, you know, retiring and reskilling of the workforce. And, you know, I always joke back to my days on the manufacturing floor. We, we, we used to have these three, four inch binders of instructions, right? And maybe for every cell or every machine. 
And I don't think we can do that with today's workforce, right? Everything has to be mobile and digital. And it's just a different way of thinking about it. So I would say uh, investments in enabling the worker uh, operator experience uh, would be a very uh, critical second area, I would say. Okay. Yeah, so we're talking investing in hardware, uh, assets, and, and the human collateral, human assets, software, changing mindsets. Um, is there anything in your experience with, with overseeing these transformations that um, has been surprised or that, that most surprises um, clients that you work with about areas that need investment? Or, or do you find that the, the enterprises that you're working with have a pretty good grasp on how and where and, and why they need to invest funds? Yeah, Jason here, Chris. I, I, maybe I'll, I'll call one out because we often see clients miss this. And that is as you digitize your operations, just the incredible importance to be thinking about things like cybersecurity, right? With all this new data and you know, OT solutions throwing off, throwing off information that is critical to production, being able to protect that is something that's often overlooked and, and we're often there to, to help them think about casting a wider net to make sure they're protecting themselves. Yeah, that makes sense. Boy, it's, it's, it's never going away. It seems to be getting, you know, as we get smarter and smarter with securing our enterprises, it just seems to be getting more challenging and more challenging, you know, the, the bad guys are getting smarter and smarter too. Um, another issue that, that continues to befuddle um, thought leaders in this space is um, proving the success of these campaigns, ROI. Um, it's challenging to, um, determine what your, your goals are, and it's sometimes challenging to communicate that um, outside of your teams. How do you make sense of, and how do you determine success with investing in smart factory programs? What are some benchmarks that, that you recommend um, striving for and then communicating? Yeah, Chris, I'll start, and then Tom, why don't you layer on? <clears throat> so, so ironically enough, this is an area of smart factory where we've got some pretty good measures with our clients. Right? So, we think of the levers we want to pull when we do smart factory transformation work. It's about improving quality. It's about improving OEE or your asset efficiency. And it's about improving throughput, right? How do you get more through the current asset base? And the nice part about those measures is they typically fall on the KPI or scorecard of almost all manufacturers. And so when we come through and do a transformation, you're able to then sort of baseline and measure against those those three dimensions and more, put those three at the core uh -huh. to show what your ROI is. Now, there's always a little bit of a challenge of is all the causality associated with the transformation and you can play that game a little bit. But in general, you're able to really do a good job of benchmarking and then uh, looking at the lift that you get from the effort. And you asked about what we typically see it, and it's typically sizable, right? Looking at you know, 10 to 20% improvements across those different levers is pretty common as we, as we transform towards smart factories within analog manufacturing companies. And so it's, it's sizable, it's meaningful, and it's something that's very measurable. And I would add, uh, this is Tom, I would add, you know, when there's a clear understanding of what success means, and, and you know, one would work with a partner such as Deloitte to help the client keep track of that and measure and monitor it. I think the results are quite stunning. You know, I was at a discussion with one of, uh, you know, Jason's Deloitte's clients and, you know, their own internal team was talking about the success they were having with the customer. 
and they couldn't believe it, right? And the leader couldn't believe it because, you know, when it's set up right, when it when you use the right technology, uh, the ROI is is very 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 obvious, right? And yeah. I think that's where we value the collaboration with partners such as uh, Deloitte and influence such as such as you, because there is an opportunity here to help our manufacturers um, invest in the right areas and succeed, right? Uh, there's intense competition, um, not just from different geos or different, you know, their peers. It's just, you know, as we move to the servitization of products, you know, you have these new competitors, um, you have manufacturers becoming more software companies. So there's just change coming in from every di direction and being able to take a very stepwise and iterative approach to transforming yourself as a manufacturer, I think is very critical in today's environment. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the scope of these projects and taking a stepwise um, path toward that. Um, oftentimes, people that we speak with um, note uh, trepidation or a, a hesitancy to engage with with you know these digital transformation projects because they seem too daunting. It's like, oh my gosh, how do I how am I even going to get started with this? Um, does it you know does a smart factory campaign does true digital transformation demand that big investment, or can you start small? Can you start cheap and scale um, early wins out? Yeah, Chris, I'm a manufacturer at heart, so I, I always say start small, start cheap, right? Learn as you go. Yeah. Um, there's always a client who, you know, there's one person of a client who may say, show me the big picture, right? So yes, Deloitte, walk me through a smart factory vision, right? So that I know what the end goal is, back to our earlier uh, topic, but then let's take take it piece by piece, right? Let's identify again. You know, somebody like Deloitte has the expertise to do this. Let's identify where I can get the most returns with that first wave of investments. Let me create, you know, I guess we can call it an MVP that I can then create some internal advocates, right? So it's not, you know, somebody coming in and imposing something, but I have a plant manager or a uh, industry 4.0 either internally evangelizing based on some success that they have seen. So for us, I think our philosophy is very iterative and bring along the champions and advocates from within the manufacturing firm. Yeah. Tom, thoughts? Or, I'm sorry, uh, Jason, thoughts? Yeah, I'll just maybe to pile on. We have, we have a saying at Deloitte, we say, think big, start small, and scale fast. And I think, you know, Chris, what you and Tom were just talking about a bit there is exactly that, which is, you know, think about, how all the pieces come together, for, formulate your strategy at the macro level, but then pick your spots where you're gonna go show ROI to connect it back to the prior question you asked. And once you start to show that ROI, um, use that to then scale across your network. So that's exactly how we think about it. And it's really worked very, very well for a lot of our clients. Okay, let's talk about that, that cadence of investing or, or that business strategy component. Um, upfront investment, um, versus ongoing investment or subscription-based models, as as Tom mentioned a minute ago, um, with digitalization campaigns and and um, you know software as a service coming into play there, or you know manufacturers. Or, um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about um, the actual kind of scheduling of of costs. There is is there still a lot of flexibility in how enterprises want to approach this, or is it a little bit more rigid in terms of of how to fund these things? I, 
I, I can I can start. This is Tom. I would say it's uh, it's the latter, right? There's definitely flexibility, right? And and this is uh, kind of our ServiceNow's background. Uh, we kind of came up to the ranks uh, working with uh, the IT organization, and it's about speed. It's about flexibility, and we want to bring that same approach to the manufacturing line of business um, within the factory with suppliers and so on and so forth. So it's uh, I like the how Jason framed it, right? Um, in, you know, and we want to keep those investments in line with the, the results that they're seeing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to, a two-part question here, and let's start kind of on the negative side. Um, what's a common unwise investment you see with, with enterprises adopting these digital transformation campaigns? What's a common misstep? that people propose to your teams that, you, that you've seen people do on their own and then come to you to kind of fix it? What's an unwise investment in this space? Yeah, Chris, Jason here, I'll, I'll, I'll start. So not to pick on a specific tech, but a behavior. Uh, we, we do see a lot of clients that they don't know where to start. Right? Digitizing operations is, is a daunting task. Sure. And so what you'll see a lot of times is organizations that are out doing a bunch of spot solutions, what we call random acts of digital, that don't connect back to some vision and goal at the macro level. Yeah. And, and that can just spool up the organization and, and put them on a path that really has no end destination. And so one of the key learnings, and I'll turn this into the positive thing to be thinking about as, as an organization that wants to adopt a, a smart factory um, set of solutions is to be thinking about What's the macro goal? What are you trying to achieve? And then ensuring that everything that you do under that is connected. We used to use the term cascading KPIs, very similar here. Just make sure everything that you're doing in terms of rolling out solutions to the shop floor connects back to what you're trying to achieve at the macro level. And when you do that, it brings purpose. It allows you to handle the ROI question you asked earlier. It connects all the dots for the organization and people don't feel like they're out on an island just implementing some uh, random technical solution, uh, in, you know, in a, in a line somewhere within the organization. Yeah. Avoiding doing digitalization for the sake of doing digitalization. Um, exactly. Tom, Tom, how about you address the flip side there? Um, either uh, uh, something in your mind that stands out as a particularly interesting, successful investment campaign in a, a digitalization program like this, or the most common um, kind of low hanging fruit, um, in terms of, of funding um, programs like this? Yeah, and, and let me just pick up on Jason's comment. I would say, you know, even beyond technology, right? I mean, I think I always go back to the, what we call it, the five whys, right? Why are you doing something? And ask that question <laughs> multiple layers. Uh, and it, why are you investing in Six Sigma? Why are you investing in TPM? Why are you investing in Investry 4.0, right? And it's, you know, I think what one has to keep away from is the fashion of the day, right? I think to Jason's point, we really need to help our, our partners, our clients understand what is the benefit of this investment, right? Don't just do it because everybody else is, a, you know, is, is investing in this area. Uh, so I think that framing that is, you know, ever so important, right? Because, you know, there's always new fashion, be it technology, be it process, be it, you know, procedures, what have you. Yeah. So I think I think that's critical. And then in terms of best practices, you know, I was sharing with Jason the other day, and 
we have some clients who are working with both our firms. And, uh, you know, in many cases, they actually were embarking on the journey even before ServiceNow had developed those services, those products. So, you know, they just, they, they knew where the puck was going, right? They knew what they needed. And they actually worked with us as kind of design partners to get the capabilities that they wanted from ServiceNow and, and, and Deloitte as well. Interesting. Um, last question for you, gentlemen, kind of big picture. Uh, main concepts to keep in mind um, when thinking about investing in smart factory efforts. What are some uh, tentpole concepts to keep in mind? Hey, Chris, Jason here. I'll, I'll start. We hit on it a little bit, but I'll just I'll say it again. Don't, don't underestimate the people component of this. Yeah. That is uh, the critical component is going from digital back to the physical world, making changes to what you do and the training, the upskilling, the opportunity that exists there for manufacturers around the world is really sizable and something that you just don't lose sight of that. And I would, I'd be remiss if I didn't make the comment as uh, we're in the process of opening up our new smart factory in Wichita, on Wichita State's campus. Uh -huh. And um, we're excited about that. We're partnered with 21 ecosystem sponsors of which ServiceNow is a critical sponsor for that, uh, for, for the new facility. We're gonna be opening that up in January and we're excited to start bringing clients through to start to talk to them about some of the things we spoke about today, Chris, right? What's the art of the possible? Where do you wanna place your bets? And we're doing that in a live production setting that is a greenfield that we've built, like I said, jointly with, uh, with our ecosystem sponsors. And we're really excited about opening the doors and, and giving uh, the world access to that, that great asset. Interesting. Very cool. Tom, how about you? Yeah, I would just add, you know, going back to understanding for the manufacturer, understanding what the customer values, right? So a smart factory is great, they might say, but how does it change how you work with me as a customer, right? So maybe thinking about their priorities, be it in quite, you know, their processes, how they engage with the manufacturer, be it about service, about warranty, about inquiry to resolution process, understanding, you know, looking at it from the lens of your customer and then designing those processes with the help of experts such as Deloitte and ServiceNow to, uh, to meet and exceed those expectations. I would say that would be a good uh, kind of way to think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, boy, clarifying why you're doing it and having that inform how you do it. Interesting stuff. Jason Bergstrom with Deloitte and Tom Davis here with ServiceNow. Thank you for joining us on the Remaking Industry podcast today. Thank you, Chris. And our listeners, as always, we thank you for joining us and we encourage you to go out and make it a smart day. <laughs>